From the Financial Times in London, I'm Joshua Chaffin, and this is FT News. Spain's second election in six months has delivered a surprisingly clear victory to Mariano Rajoy, the veteran prime minister. His popular party won 33% of the vote. However, as this translates into only 137 seats in Spain's 350-seat parliament, he will need the support of coalition partners to form a government. Does this mean a return to political deadlock? On the line with me to discuss Mr. Rajoy's options is Tobias Buck, the FT's Madrid correspondent. Hi, Tobias. Hi, Josh. Given that Mr. Rajoy needs the backing of an opposition party, what's his best hope of forming a stable coalition? Well, Mr. Rajoy did much better than everyone expected, but I think it's important to point out, of course, that he's still almost 40 seats away from an absolute majority. So he needs at least the support of one opposition party, if not of two. Now, the good news for him is that there's no alternative coalition that is really on the cards. The political left just doesn't have the votes and the seats to come up with a sort of alternative governing majority. The bad news is that his only viable coalition partners, the socialists and the centrist Ciudadanos movement, have both so far ruled out a coalition with him and have even ruled out supporting him for another term in parliament. Now, I mean, I think we'll have to wait and see how these stances develop. I think these might just be the opening shots in what will be probably, again, a fairly protracted negotiation. And I think the real question here is not so much whether he will be the next prime minister. I think it's pretty clear that he will be the next prime minister. I think the question is whether he'll actually be able to do something. Will he be able to get the socialists and Ciudadanos not only to ultimately abstain and let him become the next prime minister, but will he also manage to get some buy-in from those two parties for a limited government program. I mean, it's... uh, And what are some of the things that he would like to do? What are some of his priorities? Well, I think his first priority will be to address the budgetary problems that Spain faces. Spain's budget deficit is far higher than the European Commission wants and far higher than Madrid has promised it would be. So he will need to sign off or get approval in Parliament for a budget that does not fall foul of the European Commission. And in exchange for that, he could possibly agree to some kind of social package that would tackle some of the concerns that the socialists have. The three parties are pretty much united in their stance on Catalonia, the region in the north that wants to secede from Spain. So there are areas of common interest where I think the three parties could work together. But then, of course, there are the electoral concerns for the socialists who are not keen at all to be associated with their traditional rival on the right. Speaking of the challenger parties, Unidos Podemos and Ciudadanos in particular had both been expected to do much better in Sunday's elections. Why did the pollsters get it so wrong? Well, the pollsters got pretty much everything wrong on Sunday and in the weeks leading up to the election. They underestimated the vote of Mr. Rajoy's PP. They underestimated the socialists. They hugely overestimated Unidos Podemos. And so the question here really is what went wrong. And and the two theories are that either they had it wrong throughout, that their work was shoddy throughout, or that something happened at the last moment that possibly changed the mood in the country and that wasn't picked up by the pollsters or that they didn't sort of have the, the courage to factor into their very last polls. And that something would obviously be the Brexit vote, which took place just three days before the Spanish election and which really sent shockwaves around Europe and which had a particularly stark impact in Spain. I mean, the Spanish stock market lost 12% of its value 
on Friday in response to the Brexit vote more than any other stock exchange in Europe. And I think there was a sort of sense that this could perhaps drag Spain back into the sort of economic crisis that the country had worked so hard to get out of. So a sort of flight to safety seems like a sort of fairly reasonable explanation for what happened in the last few days of the campaign. And it would certainly make sense intuitively that at the very last moment, left-wing voters either decided to stay at home or decided to go for a slightly more conservative option. So the tried and true Rajoy became more appealing. Indeed. And he made this case very clearly on Friday in his remarks about Brexit. He sort of really gave a thinly veiled appeal to voters on this matter, saying, you know, the the worst thing Spain can do now would be to deepen the uncertainty. And I mean, that was very clearly a message to voters saying, you know, if you want more chaos like this, then go ahead and vote Unidos Podemos, but if you want Spain to stay safe, vote for me. That was his message. And certainly judging by the results, it came through. The Spanish economy has obviously faced months of uncertainty now. How has it fared and how do you think it's positioned looking forward to handle the reverberations from Brexit? Well, it's done surprisingly well this year. Deals have been postponed and put back. There's some anecdotal evidence from the property sector that people aren't quite as keen to buy houses and that investors are sort of staying on the sidelines. But the underlying economy has done well and continues to do well. Spain is on course to grow by around 2.7% this year, which is obviously a pretty good figure, especially when set against the broader European context. And unemployment has also continued to fall. Rajoy's promise that he would create another 2 million jobs by the year 2020, which would basically mean creating jobs at the same rhythm that they've been growing in the recent past, does not look outlandish when judged by this year's performance. How things will develop from here is very hard to say. I mean, obviously, the Brexit factor seems to be creating turbulence in the markets. Spanish bonds have fallen slightly in response. But I think it's important also to remember that the reasons why the Spanish economy has done so well over the past couple of years are in part due to factors that are still there. And that's obviously the low oil price. That is the extremely low interest rate environment, which has helped Spanish exports a lot. And it's a massive boost to the tourism sector with so many other markets basically cut off for Western tourists. Spain is enjoying a massive boom in tourist revenues. So there's quite a lot of things that are still going right. How big the impact of Brexit will be, we'll just have to see. We'll be watching closely. Tobias, thanks very much. For FT News, I'm Joshua Chaffin.